Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn, the player again. Yeah. <laughs> and Travis Mawerder, presented as always by our buds at VolleyballMag.com. We are not at our Born on the Beach studio today. We kind of upgraded. We're at the USA Volleyball Facility, which is right. pretty sweet. Right. And uh, we snagged Mr. Jake Gibb after another Manhattan Beach final and after a little weightlifting session here today. How you doing? Good. What up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm coming in at a weird time because... Uh, our guy, Triborn, is, is is back, and I feel like you guys should dedicate a full session to how that all went and how you feel and the whole thing. Yeah, we've I think we've talked too much about me lately. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we did a kind of a, a preview one before Manhattan, oh. so I don't know. I'm a little sick of myself. I don't know if everyone else is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was fun doing the preview with him and Trevor, though, and then because you could see, too, like that I've never seen Trevor have that much fun playing volleyball. It, lo- it was a completely different Trevor Crab than mm-hmm. what we were used to seeing. And you, too. Like, I mean, just I'd never seen you play. I've only seen you playing live once before this weekend, and that was the Huntington Finals of when I moved here in 2015, <laughs> I think, that you and Hayden won. And yeah. it looked like you were having a lot more fun than normally, too. You guys just looked I right. actually saw that. I, so we were playing the winner of your, you guys versus uh, Pretty. Right. And so we got done with our match, and I came over, and we saw the last, uh, last set, I think. And I was like... Try smiling a lot more than he normally does. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, like, that's that's a guy that's that's happy to be playing. Yeah, so exactly. That's cool. No, that was definitely part of the plan was just to enjoy it. There's there's so many little things that that go wrong that I'm just like I'm not gonna blame myself for that right now or like get mad yeah. at myself for that. I'm just gonna laugh it off. Yeah. Um, especially blocking at the net. I was like, haven't gotten any reps really, but no, it was fun. It was it was really fun this weekend. And I think I think I brought a little fun out in Trevor I think little pressure was off of him he puts a lot of pressure on himself obviously um and I think he likes having someone on the court that shares that aggressiveness and that fire so um yeah I think Trevor had some more fun today uh, this week too yeah now Jake you obviously had another awesome weekend another Manhattan Beach final so have you it's I mean haven't even had 24 hours really to reflect on it just yet but how'd the weekend go for you guys what are your thoughts on it Ooh, uh, it's, it's raw right now is where it is. So I, I haven't, you know, I'm going to need some time to let it sit. <laughs> yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, you need, to, like anything, you need time to, I guess, learn from it. Cause right now I'm not in that space. Um, right now it's, it was a, you know, a car ride home of a, a lot by myself with a lot of F-bombs and like <laughs> screaming and grabbing the wheel like this and <laughs> that kind of stuff. But so that's kind of the space I'm in right now. To be to be honest, just even talking about it gets me a little like, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the word is. It's like you have I'm I'm like putting myself exactly in your shoes because <coughs> you beat me just like that two years ago in the MB finals when we actually had one match point. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like you have Tourette's. Like every once in a while, it just pops into your head. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you just like move on with your day. And then you think about it like, oh. God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good felt pull. Like to me. Actually, I had the Tourette's going home, and then all of a sudden, I'm around my family, and it's, it's the, duh, <laughs> <laughs> it's that one where you're like, hi, Cora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Daddy's not screaming for no reason. <laughs> How you doing? Let's play with princess dolls. <laughs> so. I'm sure kids do a good job of putting it in perspective, though. Yeah, they do. I mean. 100%. That's uh, one of the 
I was going to say the coolest things about having kids, but that's not true. But it, it's it's a, an amazing part of it in that, you know, uh, I get done and, and, and my daughter literally wants to sit on my lap and play, you know, play honky nose. And that's something we do <laughs> and whatever. And then and then um, I spent all morning this morning planning out my son's soccer practice because I'm his, his, his coach. So we're having our first practice uh, tomorrow. Nice. And so I'm on YouTube, like, Googling, like, how to run a, you know, a legit <laughs> soccer practice. So, which is nice to get your mind off of it because when you're a single guy or, or just, you know, when I was without kids, it's you just sit there and stew, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it is a, it, that is a nice thing, distraction. And. With the, I know, like you said, this is still raw, so the evaluation process probably won't happen for maybe what another like week or so until you can kind of look at it without all the emotion, maybe a little bit longer. But because obviously it was a great weekend and a tough finish. So when you look at it, when you go back to review, like what's your review process look like? Yeah, well, that, yeah, there's a there that goes in stages as well. Like right now, I I go over. You know, we had a we had a couple exchanges at at the freeze to you know to win Manhattan. Manhattan, we had a, a good chance with a good swing that just barely went out. Um, and then I go back to I had a serve for the win, and I and in my mind I I kind of uh, tried to be the hero, and I tried to I tried to ace Phil down his line because Phil had been poaching the whole game he'd been poaching and, and, and coming and taking all of Nick's middle and really taking a lot, anything even on, on, on Nick's shoulder. And so I was watching that the whole game and I was back there. And I was like, I'm going to take him down his line right now, you know? And, and it was kind of one of those like, like, yeah, be, you know, be that. And, and, but it wasn't the right, it wasn't the play. The play was, we, you know, we were all over Nick at that point and Taylor was all over Nick at that point, I should say. And that was that would have been the smart play. And so in my mind, that's the one where I'm, where I'm grabbing the steering wheel and shaking it loose because I, I out of some anger there, anger at myself for trying to be a little glory hound there and try and go for something. I don't mind. I don't mind aggression. I, I love aggression and going going for things. But thinking through that moment, that's what that's what really uh, irks me right now. So that's where I'm at right now. And that's those are those small things, right? That's where that's where I am now. Yeah, then we progress to watch. You know, some sometime I'll watch video and try and <laughs> try and uh, work some other things out. About uh, I, I had some problems getting under the ball for side out. I was my timing was off and stuff like that. I'll work that stuff out. But right now it's those little moments where you're like, "Oh, that wasn't the right choice," or, <laughs> and then you progress. It's funny because in the <clears throat> um, I talked to Carl Henkel who played with Sinjin in the '96 Olympics when they played. Karch and Kent, and he said they'd kept it away from Kent pretty much the whole time. And he goes, you know, Kent's taking a lot of Karch's middle, just like that. And he goes, let me try this line serve. Rips it down Kent's line. Kent passes it, puts it away. And he's like, well, that was stupid. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. feel like everyone kind of has that moment where you're like, I think I can sneak one past him. Yeah. And you got you have guys like Kent and Phil who are just side out machines. It yeah. just sometimes just <laughs> doesn't work. But then when you get the ace, you feel like a genius. <laughs> yeah. Like, ha, perfect timing. That's right. Executed yeah. perfectly. <laughs> I think it takes a certain athlete to uh, do that in that moment, though. Like, how many people would be like, you know, most, or a lot of people would be in that moment like, oh, gosh, like, I'm going to play it safe. And they'd, and they'd do a lollipop serve, usually, rather than someone who's like, I'm going for that. Yeah. I'm going for the kill right now. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the right choice, but 
takes a certain athlete to do that. It does. And I know that the Manhattan Beach Open has a special place in almost every volleyball player's heart. But I remember one of the first times I talked to you, you said you have pretty much only two volleyball pictures in your house. One was from, what, the 76 yep. Manhattan Beach Open? That's the other right. one was 05? That's a good memory, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a really yeah, good memory. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> Jeez, keep them around. That was a couple years ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, it is. I have the the big one that's downstairs at, uh, at USA Volleyball. It's the huge, long one that... Uh, so 76 was the year I was born, and so I was, it's just kind of cool to see where it was when I was born, where, what that, and you see the crowd just lined up like 30 deep and watching, I, I think at that time was Obradovich, and I forgot who he was playing with, but uh, th- those were the guys on the court. And, and then I have the, my first win, we played actually Nick and Phil, um, me and Stein in 2005, so it's a picture that, that Stein gave me that, uh, uh, after, that, so it's hanging next to it. So yeah, those are the only volleyball pictures I have. Yeah. And I mean, what makes it special to you? I feel like every player has kind of a different answer about why Manhattan means so much to them. Like I know that like John Mesco, for example, he got married the weekend of his first Manhattan Beach Open, I think. Mm. And like, that's why it's special for him. And then Trevor has had his Instagram countdown. He loves it. He's like, the only event I'd ever skip Manhattan for is Stad. Mm. And then I feel like every every player kind of has their own reasoning. So what is it for you that makes it such an awesome tournament? Yeah, that's an interesting question because when I moved out, I had no idea about it. When I moved out from uh, Utah, and I didn't understand it at all. Um, and but and so I think even in 2005, when I won my first one, I I didn't understand it. I remember people asking me before that final about it, about the you know, and I I kind of gave the generic answers like, well, it's the Wimbledon of beach volleyball, and mm-hmm. it was all the things that I had heard, but I didn't feel it. I right. didn't I didn't understand it. Uh, but I think it's yeah. I think it's the energy. I think it's the energy that put people put into it, right? It's 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 when that we talk about it here, and fans talk about it, and and um, you get to go there and you see the the greats come all come back and start watching that event and and put some extra focus on it, and and uh, I think it's wonderful that way. I think it makes it for makes for a really fun event. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, and since then I've I've um, it's something that I. I understand now. You know what I mean. You you get it. You 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 talk to the the legends and the guys that want it and the guys that have done it and and uh, uh, it's hard to put your finger on it right until you actually play in it and try those. Once you play in it, then you feel that extra energy into it that 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 that's there while you play and it's it's something so fun. Yeah, I just love that because the I feel like the fans in Manhattan Beach are actual like volleyball fans. Like when you go to Austin, I feel like it was more just kind of people were out there who like some of it knew, but I mean, our, we had more people there for our qualifier match in the third round than we did for any of the main draw matches I played in Austin. (laughs) So I feel like it's just the, the people here, like they get it and it just makes it so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good call. I think, um, they understand it and they still, um, they still want the refs to call it like they call handsets yeah. like they did in, in uh, 1996. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because you, like, if you put like a quarter inch spin on it, they're like, whoa! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to look at them and like, have you seen the game in the last 15 years? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not called anymore. <laughs> like, I, let's, yeah. let's settle down. Let's calm it down a little bit. Uh, but uh, it also makes it pr- pretty dang cool. Yeah. I'm interested in your take on that because, like, you've seen the rules change 
in a wide variety of ways. <clears throat> what do you think of where the game is now where the setting is a little bit more lax and now we have the freeze rule? Um, it's just I feel like the rules are, have come a long way and in a lot of different directions since you came onto the tour. Yeah. Um, that was a, a few questions there, but the... <laughs> As far as hand settings concerned, um, I, I like where it's at. I think I think I, I think the way they call it on the world tour is a good way to call it. I think if you're facing the direction that that you're meaning to set, and you put your hands on the ball, and they're 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 very rarely going to call spin unless it's helicoptering, right? And and it's absolute chowder. But if you go try and make an athletic move and, and try and like throw something sideways, it, it's going to got to come out clean, and then they'll let that go. I think they're pretty clear on that, and so you understand those rules, and you can play under those rules. Um, uh, you know, I played a little bit under the time. You know, I played old school court when I first qualified in 2000, and it was the, like, that ball better not move once yeah. it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a totally different mentality, and, and so I, I accepted that at that time. And, and so I don't know which is better, but I, I like how they call it on the FIVB where it's very clear that if you're facing where you're facing it, what they what they call in the world tour now is lifts. If you're if you come in and you take it and you go deep with it, they're gonna call it mm-hmm. right. But if you're facing and you and you go out and and, and uh, set a, a pretty decent ball, then then you're okay. On the AVP, it's a little a little fuzzier in my mind. I don't think they I don't think all the refs quite uh, are on the same page. Right. Some will be calling it very tight. They'll be calling, uh, and you and you can, and I'm like, listen, do you want, like, if they call it a ball that quarter spins and they call a set on me, I'm like, w- w- listen, what are you calling? If you're calling spin, I'll hold that thing for a long time mm-hmm. and then spit it out clean if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, so I think there just needs to be a little more consistency on the AVP. Agreed. And I mean, like you said, when you moved here, you moved in 2004, right? And uh, 2002. Okay, 2002. Yeah. Okay. And now here you are, you know, making a push at your fourth Olympic Games. I feel like this is this has been a journey that's probably exceeded your expectations when you moved here in 2002. So, I mean, how have your expectations changed throughout this journey here? And is, I mean, when you finished up in Rio, did you think that 2020 was on the line too? Okay, well, two questions there. Yeah, yeah. how have my expectations changed? When I moved out in 2002... Uh, first of all, I didn't have a full grasp on what AVP volleyball was because I came out and I, I, I remember thinking if I can just if I can just make it in the main draw and you know then I'll make a living and then I'll I'll be dude that would be sick right, <laughs> right? Yeah. and so first of all I didn't understand the financial side of yeah. things <laughs> because in my mind like everybody that was playing pro they were like you know you're making that's kind of how I I saw it right. I never right. I never did the numbers um, so maybe if I would have it maybe it was served me very well because if I would have uh, known what it takes to make a living in this sport, maybe I wouldn't have ever tried. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so yeah, that was you know that was my expectation coming out. Literally, I was like, man, if I could get if I could be one of those you know sixteen through twenty guys where you're like me in the main draw, I don't have to qualify. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, and then that 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 progressed. Um, the second uh, the second question you asked about uh, the Olympics. Yeah, after. Um, uh, Rio, yeah, I kind of just, I, I had a thought of, of okay, I'm just going to play this year by year and kind of feel this, you know, fill it out year by year. If I'm still uh, a, a top big man where I feel like I can still win, um, then I'm going to keep playing because I, I, I love to play. So 
uh, that's been my assessment since then, and, and uh, uh, to keep going. Yeah. I guess. Does I that saw make sense? you. I saw you did a uh, Instagram post the other day, just kind of uh, kind of answering that question in your own way, like just saying, for whatever reason, I'm still really enjoying being out here. It's kind of what I got from it, right? Yeah. And you're just still having fun, so you're just why stop? Yeah. Yeah, that Instagram post was interesting because there was there was a little more anger behind it when I first started it, and mm. then I kind of calmed <laughs> it down because <laughs> like somebody asked me when when are you going to retire, and I was like, you know, I wanted to yeah. <laughs> uh, let loose on them, but because right. uh, I get kind of whatever. Um, I'm sure you get the question. I get over it. And over I get it a lot, so yeah. I just wanted to address it, right, you know, right, right. and 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 say, hey, man, I feel like um, uh, you know, age isn't really in the equation for me. It, it's, it's how I'm playing and how I feel and, and my desire to play. And so that's, that's where I'm at. And I love playing and I, I feel like I'm playing well. And I, I feel like I can, I can keep increasing my, my knowledge of this sport. And so I want to keep, keep doing it. And I think my personal favorite response to a retirement question about age was Tom Brady's. He goes, I'll retire when I suck. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Just point. straight up. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're which might be a while for for both of you guys, judging from the way you're both playing right now. Yeah. I mean, you and Taylor, like you guys are playing phenomenal volleyball right now. How has this team progressed? Just, I mean, from tournament to tournament, it looks like you guys are just taking another step and another step and another step. And I mean, Taylor is ridiculous. Yeah, it's been really cool watching Taylor's progression. Like he's. Um, from last year to this year, it's it's been really cool in a lot of ways. First of all, I think he's starting to realize how good he is, <laughs> um, which is a really good thing for me <laughs> and our yeah. partnership, because it, yeah, it's one of those things that you have to you have to test yourself on, uh, against uh, the best in the world, and all of a sudden, you know, we go to Stad and he d- he did some things there where where he's like, oh, dude, I can I can hang with Nikolai, you know, blocking. I can I can hang with the the Norwegian guys, you know, we had a swing to beat those guys to go to the final, you know, and and he's in that in that stage where he's just he's he's finding out what he can do, and then learning like oh man I can do that all right well let's see if I can go to that next step and and um, yeah I think he's um, gaining confidence with every tournament with every win with every play and starting to understand how physical he can be and. Uh, I mean, he, I, I think he's just a tremendous player, and he's only getting better. Is there any uh, change in, like, the communication? I'm just, like, thinking back to me and Hayden, which is it's kind of a similar situation. Because um, I know, like, my first year, I'm, like, I'm all ears, you know, even first two or three years even. But then by the last year, when I started to kind of find my confidence and I wanted to implement, like, my system a little bit, I could tell that, you know, the communication had to change a little bit. And yeah. Hayden had to be, like, all right, like I'll, I'll change a little bit for you, you know, realizing that I'm maturing and all yeah. that. Is, has the communication changed really at all? Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a very interesting question that you bring that up because it's very uh, present in our uh, relationship yeah. because this year we've, we've, um, we always talk about Taylor quarterbacking the match because he, I think he's got a – he's similar to Rosie in my mind where, where – um, they both have, a, I think, a deep understanding of the game and, and the chess match that goes on throughout right. a match, just naturally. Right. And uh, but the the tough part is to bring it out of those guys, because neither of them talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Taylor doesn't talk a lot. So our first year ran. I mean, he didn't he, yeah. he didn't say much on the court at right. all. Right. And so I was like, okay, trying to understand that. But then you start to realize, like, I'm, I'm like, hey man, what 
what do you, what should we do here? Like, you know, talk, walk me through this. I'm right. make, make me be the big dumb athlete. Right. And you, you walk me through it. Where do you want me to block? And, and he does it all the time now. Now he quarterback wow. stuff. Like he's like, you know, I even remember against uh, uh, Pretty and, and Casebeer, we were we were playing them, and Casebeer kept kept running back, and you know we were in say a line call, and I would have to whatever I was I, I'd end up blocking his angle, and and uh, Taylor was like getting frustrated, he's like he's like no matter what happens, take that side of the court. You know, <laughs> he says that to me, I'm like. It's about time, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And next play, for sure enough, he runs back, and and I'm like, uh, and I, and I made that move and right. got a stuff block. I was like, I was like, just quarterback me, kid. Yeah. Walk me through it. You it's, know, it's so liberating. I feel like yeah. I don't know why it seems easier as a blocker, but like to have someone as a blocker to have someone just tell you kind of what yes. to do and you be the soldier and go execute. Yep. For some reason, it feels easier at the net rather than. 100%. Other way around, and I've always kind of looked at your guys' team. Well, a lot of your teams, where you're the thinker a little bit more, the other guys are the instinctual. Their their bodies and minds know the game, but they're not um, vocalizing it. Yeah. So I always kind of wondered how that dynamic was for you to do a little more strategy from the net, because I'd love to be that I'm guy. The, I'm the same way, and I think there's a there's a big advantage to having that defender be that guy because right. because. You think about it, he, he's in the backcourt. He has a full picture of what's going on. Mm-hmm. He sees the blocker, the motion, everything that's happening in front of him. As blockers, we don't, we don't, we don't get the full picture. Right. So for, to have a guy like that, that that gets to sit back and, and, and see the whole thing, everything that's happening and what needs to happen, you know, I think that's important. If that makes sense. Yeah. Do you no, know what no, I mean? I totally agree. Yeah. And I think, I think blockers are more offensive. You're, you're not playing as much defense because you're not reacting quite as much. You're setting something up and then attacking that spot it's not because if we wait for the hitter to make a move it's too late we're like showing it and then attacking that spot hoping they attack it at the same time um whereas a defender actually can see it happen and react a little bit more i, I just know. like having my defender tell me what to do because i have no idea what i'm doing i love having <laughs> my defender smart <laughs> well done i Thomas. love having my <laughs> defender tell me what to do but i feel like i'm getting to that point in my career where I, I need to start being able to vocalize this a little more and if I need to come up with a game plan because who knows, you know, I came out blocking with a guy that's, or came out playing with a guy that's also a left sider, also a blocker, and neither of us have played defense at the professional level. So worked out pretty well. It's fun though. It's fun for me to see (laughs) that for the first time because we all know Hayden, doesn't matter how far off the court I am, he's (laughs) screaming at my ass to get up to the net as we see uh, with his new partners as well. The, the changes and improvements that we've seen in, in Taylor's game, I think, are very visible just because he's so young and still new to the AVP and, and just professional beach volleyball in general. But I feel like the improvements in your game are, at this point, like subtle. So what, what are you seeing in your game that you're working on and that you're getting better at from, say, Austin until now? Well, so I made a major change this year. Um, I'm not going to go over exactly what that was because I, the way I look at the um, professional volleyball is I think I've had to do this several times throughout my career is you, is you play the game and, and teams are so smart and there's so much video on, on the way you play the game and people under, learn your tendencies. And if you don't adjust, people adjust to you and if you don't adjust back, guess what's going to happen? You're yeah. going to get swallowed up. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make you have to make adjustments back. I mean, no matter what, it's just it's just the way the world is. I mean, 
there are too many great athletes out there and too much information and too many great coaches for you to do the same thing and get away with it for your entire don't get me wrong I've, I've hit deep middle for a long time in my career and got <laughs> yeah. away with it yeah okay but <clears throat> but you also you know so anyway uh, props to my coach rich lamborn who 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 um who saw it and and made a, a real significant change in in um in something this year that that I feel like has really helped me, um, and I'm gonna ride it out until the world catches up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean not that they haven't. I mean not that I'm ahead of, too much ahead of anything, but it's helped me out a lot. You yeah. guys, well, you guys. I mean, <clears throat> your past couple world tour events and American events too. I mean, you guys are right there. Like the Norwegian team, I think right now is unquestionably the number one team in the world. Just they're winning everything, and like yeah. you said, you guys had a swing for match against them. So obviously the changes that you guys are making, they're working. How do you keep such an open mindset after three Olympics making a push for four? Because I feel like that with a lot of veteran athletes, they can kind of ignore that and get a little complacent with where they are and say, well, this is what's been working. So yep. I'm going to keep hitting deep middle until someone <laughs> stumbles stops it. I'm going to still hate it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a you know, growth mindset. There's a million quotes that that uh, yeah. teach that, right? Yeah. I mean, we all understand that. I think that's pretty clear. If you if you're not learning, you're you're heading the other way. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm also in the boat that I I have I have some amazing talent around me. You know, Rich Lamborn. And now we have uh, everybody has access to Tyler Hildebrand, who I think is an amazing volleyball has an amazing volleyball mind, um, and. Uh, so, you know, why not pick their brains? Those guys know know some, some good stuff. You know, Rich has a gold medal hanging around his neck. Well, he never shows it yeah. and never talks about it either. I'm the only one that talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I just love learning the sport. I love, I love getting better, and I love learning. You find uh, that it's a little bit scary to change your game, especially when it's, something's been working your whole career? Because I think, I mean, I had a system I ran with Hayden, and now coming back, I'm like, should I do that same thing or should I open myself up? Should I run these shoots or these lobs or, you know, back? Because I didn't yeah. really, I was very straight up and down. And I'm like, well, damn, I was pretty good with the other system. Why change it? But then, like, hearing stuff like you, and I see Hayden's had to change his game almost year to year, yeah. which is pretty um, impressive. Um, you think, like, there's a little bit of fear of, like, absolutely. I don't want to change something that's been there's good a, for me. There's a lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But then that ends up being the the thing that can push you over that hump and get you pushing your career longer yeah. and longer. It seems not like. always. I, oh, I've yeah. I've made changes that didn't work. Right. I tried to swing block. Oof. Yeah. I, I tried to swing block in. Man, I have video of it, and it was <laughs> atrocious. Did you have long hair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was during that time. <laughs> oh, that would be great to get a hold of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they don't all they don't all work no, out. Totally. You, know, you got but you got to test test yeah. some things. How long do you test something for before you kind of drop it and like, ah, it's not working? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably know pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. With swing blocking, I learned real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I tried to swing block for half a season. Hmm. Didn't work out too well. I feel like you get up a little higher, but I feel like your body's always, uh, you're always in a twist, so that you end up like leaving those, you know, your shoulders getting pulled off or... So you yeah. leave those small. You angles. definitely get up higher. I th I think the biggest disadvantage there is is vision for the hitter. I mm -hmm. think you're just showing the hitter where you are. Yeah. 
because he gets to track you coming from the you know he's right. looking at the, he gets to track you the whole way is he coming all the way out right, to my right, line right. and and yeah maybe you're up a little bit higher but he gets to watch the whole thing happen yeah and once you're in the air yeah he knows exactly where you're drifting yeah. and all that yeah yeah it's a good call we have one AVP left this year I know you're playing the Norseka on Wednesday. Um, good for you for being able to recover that fast, <laughs> playing yeah. full, full weekend Manhattan, getting a lift in Monday, and then Norseka Wednesday. And then we have Chicago. What's the schedule looking like for you guys after that? Because I know we have a couple of weird... Yeah, we're going to the, the, the King of the Court series. So we go straight from Chicago to Netherlands. So, so the, for those that don't know, the King of the Court is is what we all do at the beach is you play side out. There are five teams on... Well, there are 15 total teams, but five teams on your court. If you side out, you stay, and then uh, you get a point. And they're playing it for, uh, you know, the same prize money as they have on, on the AVP. And uh, the whole tournament takes about three hours. So it's... Uh, it's for me, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a way to make. I mean, it, it'll be cool. I, I I don't know if it'll be cool or not, but I think yeah. I think it's exciting. And it'll be it'll be fun. Is this the first year that they're doing it? And it was last year like a, an experimental year. Yeah. When we talked with Brower and Musin, they like they loved it. Yeah. But I've never one. heard of it. And then this year, it's like yeah, they all the love rage. it because they're side out machines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Plays right into their game. <laughs> they got all the energy in the world and just gonna hammer balls all day. Uh, but we also got the Hawaii event. I'm. I'm cheering for Taylor. I was cheering for Taylor and Jake to uh, do well in the Gold Series, so that Taylor is automatic into Hawaii, and the maybe Hawaiian me and Trevor card. can get the wild card. <laughs> I like it. That's smart. <laughs> I rarely cheer for you, though. <laughs> How many are there? So there's one in the Netherlands. Hawaii is a king of the court, right? Or is that a normal one? Uh, Hawaii is a, a hybrid. So one day I think is king of the court, and then. The other one or two days is AVP. I think they haven't officially announced yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard. But, yeah, it's they're both happening out there. Okay. How many other King of the Courts are there? Is it, it's like a series, isn't there's it? There's four. Okay. Yep. So there's one in the Netherlands, then Belgium, then uh, Hawaii, then Huntington Beach. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then are you guys doing the China event that's the first kind of Olympic qualifier? So literally we were texting about it today. We haven't, we haven't decided. There's that, and it's back-to-back with Vegas. Okay. So um, I don't know the answer to that yet. Yeah, because I feel like at some point, like, you you probably need a rest because, I mean, you played in The Hague in January, right? Yeah. And no, we, I didn't, we didn't play Didn't the do The Hague. No. Okay. Um, but well, well, then we had Fort Lauderdale, and that's in, what, February or early March? Uh, yeah, February. So long year, yeah. <laughs> long season. Yeah. Like, at some point, you have to shut it down and just rest and recover, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, but this is what we do, yeah. you know. I mean, this, we play beach volleyball for a living. It's not <laughs> like uh, it's not like it's that terrible yeah. to, to have to play a few extra tournaments. I mean, um, but yeah, it's nice to have a little off season, and, and we'll get that. So yeah. Um, but at this time, and, and at this point in my career, I don't take much of an off season. I I train full full year round because um, it's dangerous to let it go. Yeah. So you're not dreading Hawaii. <laughs> no. Hawaii end of the year, <laughs> only a few teams. Yeah, that's, it shouldn't be too bad. I'm sure you can handle. And have you and Taylor kind of decided to make, you're definitely making that push for Tokyo? Uh, w- like we haven't had a sit down and, and committed or anything yeah. like that. I think that, that that's going to happen. You know, we got to, um, 
we have to sit down and, and make sure that's locked down. And right. uh, I, I certainly want to. I want to play with him, and um, so I hope he he wants to too. But uh, yeah, that's the TBD. Yeah, I feel like this is probably kind of the last quad that that the U.S. will be lucky enough to have the veterans who have been kind of holding it up for so long with you and Phil and Nick and Hayden. Um, what do you think? about the younger generation of U.S. players coming up. So, obviously, I mean, Taylor is as good as it gets on the World Tour or AVP. Try, you'll be back and fully healthy, hopefully by that point, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we got to keep up with the Norwegians. The Russians have some young guns coming out. The Polish guys have been around forever, and they're younger than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the World Tour is as deep as it gets, and I feel like after, you know, with this – generation that's been in there and kind of holding it up the u.s is a little bit behind so what do we need to do to catch up we'll catch up i have no doubt about that yeah. the, you know americans are we don't take well to losing so uh the, the guys will step up there will be there will be a crop of guys try and and uh guys that'll be out there grinding and 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 learning to win and, and, and taking home medals and it'll happen I, I promise you, we're, we won't be, you know, there won't be this big uh, uh, lag in, in in men's beach volleyball. I, I hear that a lot, and it bothers me, actually. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think <clears throat> um, I think we have the right staff here at USA Volleyball to, to take us to the next level, to teach the, the young guys the game, and, and uh, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah. I love the steps they are taking. Like you said, they brought in Hildebrand, and I, I haven't met a single person who isn't stoked about that. How much does it? How much of a difference does it make that you guys are having these structured practices now with USAV, with Tyler running it, and with just a bunch of shoulder guys there, you know, modeling after the Brazilian practices a little bit? Yeah, you'd have to ask other people how that how that feels to them because yeah. I've been doing it for. Uh, uh, you know, I guess Tyler was his six coach. years. Yeah. Tyler was Jake's coach for the yeah. whole last quad. So yeah. he got a lot about that. But for me, the difference is that Tyler studies the international game a lot. And a lot of our domestic players, especially the young ones, haven't gotten that experience on the world tour. So he can kind of translate practices and also like the stuff he's saying to um, and cater it towards being ready to play on the world tour against those athletes rather than AVP, which is a lot different, actually. There's a lot more differences than just the ball. Um, Balls come in a lot faster. There's bigger, more physical athletes. And it's like every round is just absolutely gnarly. Like could easily be a AVP final every round. Yeah, I think what Tyler does is is he does a great job of – he's very progressive and he he understands where the game is and where it is headed, in my opinion. Uh, So he does a good job of – taking us there and uh, and um i think i think usa volleyball will benefit greatly because of it yeah and obviously i've never played the norwegian kids but i'm really interested in your take on them just they came i feel like they almost came not out of nowhere but this year you know they weren't like top of the top and now every tournament they play in you're like they're the favorites to win by far like what what is it that makes them so special right now and obviously anders is massive (laughs) Yeah, uh, God, we had a pra- we had a training session with them. I think uh, before Huntington Beach, I think they were in the qualifier at that time. And uh, Anders was just had about sixteen stuff blocks on us, and we're like, 
uh, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> these kids tend to be pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, what makes them unique is, is Anders, uh, blocking. Um, I've been watching him and he's, it's real interesting. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll call a line block and then stuff somebody in the sharp angle. Yeah. You know, a little bit like you, you see like Alison would yeah. do that, uh, some, you know, right. uh, but real extreme reads out yeah. of him. To me, he's like a hybrid player because he's getting up like, in my, in my opinion, he's getting up and pressing like Phil. I don't know about Phil back in the day. Uh, you'd know more than me, but he's getting up with that penetration, but making moves more like the smaller guys. Like, I mean, maybe not just like me, but how I kind of had to like get super, he gets low, like his ass is on the sand and he'll show something. Then he gets up like Phil and but makes these great moves with their hands. Like a player yeah. like you, you make really good moves with your hands because you have to. You're not Phil all yeah. the time, you know, where he can – Phil really will just line up on you, press, and he can make subtle moves from there and just take up so much court. But he's like a hybrid of the both of them, so it's like so gnarly. Yeah, and then I think uh, Christian um, is a guy that maybe uh, doesn't get as much credit, but he is – I always hate – this comparison, but I'm going to use it anyway. He's, he reminds me of Misty May because um, I think that's com- she's compared to too too often, right? You, oh, she's the next Misty May. <laughs> but um, not the guys, though. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but the way that he he's like Misty May is that in the same scenario where Anders is blocking line, you'll see Christian walk into a line shot, and you're like, wait, did he? Did, were they calling angle and he walked late into that line and like and then you. You look at the film and he's like, no, that was a, he read that ball. And it's not like a, a hold, like a super disciplined hold and then run in the layout. It's a read and, and he's amazingly good at it. You know, I think guys that, that, that play that game can get stung a lot, but I don't see him getting, getting burned the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah. At least as of now. But so it's an interesting thing where they're playing a lot of read defense and, uh, so Bring we'll see, it'll moment. be, you know, it'll be a test though. The, I'll tell you this off season, there's going to be a lot of Norwegian film going across <laughs> the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I bet. You don't go on a winning streak like that with, with only one player being dominant. Like, yeah. I mean, wasn't it like a 20 some 20 to 30 match win yeah. streak or something like that? Yeah. Like not many people have done that since Phil and Todd. Right. And, yeah. and it wasn't just Phil when, when they were going on that run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. And the McKibbins had them on their YouTube channel, and they said pretty much what you just said. So Anders was like, "I uh, if I see swing, I take it." And mm-hmm. then his job is to go dig the shots. And he goes, "His his if he if like if he's getting blown up, then that's my fault." So he goes, "If I just see it, then I go grab it." <laughs> Not everyone has that luxury. <laughs> We're going to pause the show there to take a quick second to give a shout out and a massive thank you to all of our sponsors. We love you guys for sponsoring the show. And for our listeners, uh, it's kind of crazy that the AVP season is coming to an end, uh, sort of. And the fact that it's coming to an end means one thing that you probably need to re-up on your volleyballs because if you play as much as I do or as much as a lot of these players do, your volleyballs are probably beat to hell. So go to Wilson Volleyball and get 20% off of all of your purchases using our discount code WilsonSand. Again, that's 20% off using our discount code WilsonSand. 
This show is also brought to you, as always, by our guys at VolleyballMag.com. They are your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. They got indoor covered. They got beach covered, whether it's from Stad to Hermosa Beach. Ed Chan has the best pictures in the game. Lee Feinswag has the most insightful interviews. Every now and then, I contribute something that might be worthless, might be worthwhile reading. I'm not sure, but if you're looking for volleyball news, make sure to go to VolleyballMag.com, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. We would also like to welcome Volley Camp Hermosa as a new sponsor of the show. If you're listening, you've probably heard of Volley Camp Hermosa. It is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. Whether you are planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, California, the mecca of beach volleyball, or live locally, they have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they offer week-long adult training camps that are the complete beach volleyball experience. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can take their weekly classes and or private training. All levels are welcome, from A to AAA to open. Sign up online at www.volleycamphermosa.com. I'll say that one more time, www.volleycamphermosa.com. Or for more information, you can just give them a call. It is 234-PLAY-VCH. Or you can email them. Info at volleycamphermosa.com. We will see you guys on the sand. And, of course, we always love our sponsors at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com because if your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out our online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. We all know that you beach volleyball players need to put that oodles of prize money somewhere. You might as well start it with Pacific Coast Wealth Management. So when you get to the site, click on their link, build your financial plan here, and work with a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss everything from 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as a lot of stuff that beach volleyball players genuinely don't know a whole lot about, which is why we need the help with our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees, partners or themselves, you can give them a call too. Or 529 College Savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know that you can give 15000 a year to your kid? I know when I was a kid, I wouldn't have minded that. Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or you can give them a call, 949-637-7052. Again, that is 949-637-7052. A lot of the listeners of the show are professional athletes, and as we all know, you cannot have enough recovery, which is why the show is also brought to you by our good friends at FireflyRecovery.com. So what Firefly Recovery is, it is a wearable device that simulates blood flow throughout the damaged or sore or afflicted area, say a knee. And what you do, you just strap it on and it helps you recover much faster. So when you are on that 12-hour flight to Stad or a 36-hour trip to South Africa, you can put this on and you're not going to get that super sore, kind of swollen feeling that you get after you fly on planes. Actually, you can make your plane, you can make your trip productive by putting on Firefly Recovery, helping heal up that area, getting off, and you're going to be playing the best volleyball of your life. So give them a visit at fireflyrecovery.com. Let us know what you think and use the discount code sandcast in all caps for a 10% off all right that is sandcast all caps for 10% off at fireflyrecovery.com and now back to the show um so i know that 
we got to uh, get you out of here before traffic gets too gnarly. So we will uh, we'll ask you our final question here that we ask every guest. Uh, and I think you're probably like the perfect guy to ask this to just because you've been around the game for so long or so knowledgeable about it. If you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? Well, that's easy. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's all about team. When I say that, I mean put the best team around you you can. And then don't look back. So, so, but, but you have to do your due diligence on, on, on finding that team. So you have to uh, do your work in finding the right coach, in finding the right partner, in finding the right strength coach, in finding the right agent, in finding um, everything that's going to allow you to go forward in your, in your career. But you put that team around you, and then you put your full trust in that team. And then, and then uh, you have no excuses. Yeah. I'm interested in your take, too. And because what a lot of people say about the qualifier teams is that a lot of them will pretty much stay in that 13th, 9th, 17th place area because they keep switching partners and, and grabbing points. Do you think that a qualifier team would be better off maybe taking their licks and taking a couple 17ths and then just staying together and moving up if they think that's the right team? Oh, I think that's a total m- mindset. I think it. it if you are, if your goal is to stay in the main draw and and just hang out there, then you switch partners and you just play the points game. But if you want to do something in the sport, then you you, you pick your guy and you and you. Uh, the, I I hate 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 the grass is always greener concept where guys are always looking for the, like it's not me, it can't be me right. It's got to be my partner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in beach volleyball, we have so many so much of that. I want to strangle hold guys. Uh, I think it's just. It's uh, it's like it's lack of accountability, and it's it really doesn't serve them well at all. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and that hits very right at home for me right now. Because, I mean, I've only been able to put together basically one piece of my whole team puzzle right now, which is my trainer. That was actually the first piece that, I mean, I never lost touch with him, but I couldn't work out obviously. But first call was, hey, are you want back? Like, you want me back? Like, are we doing this again? And, he was in, so that was huge for me. And now I'm kind of just feeling everyone out, but I couldn't agree more. And I don't think that many people buy into to the, creating that whole culture and team environment and realize how valuable it is. Uh, it's it's a grind. It's a whole season. It's a whole career. And, and you can have a five-year, ten-year partnership if you build something good, um, but you're cutting yourself short if you just keep dropping partners and that sort of thing. Or getting dropped. <laughs> what? Or getting dropped, yeah. Well, you can't I'm about really to set a, a record. Three straight turn. Well, actually, four. Five, if you count the Norsega with the same partner yeah. with me and Hagen. It's a personal record. <laughs> you <gotta> think, <laughs> volleyball, it's two, two-man beach volleyball. Like, yeah. Half your team is this other guy. Um, so you have to invest time into that. And uh, I just think people, a lot of people do have the mindset, like, I'm playing great right now, like, w- and we're not winning. So <laughs> the other half of it is this guy so he's out whereas you can really be adaptable and change your game towards his and create something between the two of you and uh, I think that's a more fun way to go about it too in the long run uh, it's less frustrating and it's hard to like fight that mindset of like I'm getting rid of him it seems like the easy it's the easy out but yeah I, I agree with you all the way I like that now where can our listeners find you on social media or where can they get in touch with you or reach out uh, I, I basically just do Instagram, and it's uh, Jake S. Gibb. 
Jake Spiker Gibb. Yep. <laughs> That's me. All right. We appreciate you letting us steal, steal you here in, in the middle of a really busy week right after Manhattan, right before Norseka, right before big coaching duties. Good luck. Hopefully you can track down some YouTube. <laughs> That's right. Big soccer game. <laughs> yeah. Big soccer practice yeah. tomorrow night. We All right. Thanks for having me, guys. On. Yeah, absolutely. Thank right. you, sir. Cool.